Hey everybody, it's Matt, and this is Lucas. We are back, and we're we're feeling fancy tonight. Yeah, what are you drinking? It's a little, little something I call the the good idea. <laughs> I like that. That's a really good name for a drink. We got uh, some orange bitters, some simple syrup, and of course the main event, some honey whiskey. Okay. I like how you didn't call it the brand of the whiskey. That's um, that's good. It's a good idea. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I'm drinking, um, I forget the name, but it's this really like burnt, smoky kind of sweet whiskey that I got um, from Erewhon. Sounds good. Yeah, it was a um, pretty good bottle my brother had kind of bought me for my birthday. And um, just drinking it straight. No rocks in this glass. Uh, pretty good. I'm not that hardcore yet. I need the yeah. rocks to water it down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, some some uh, scotches. I from what I've heard, you actually do want to water them down with a little bit of ice or like a big rock, so that over time um, the water like sort of activates the flavor a little bit or yeah um, helps things along. I have heard that, so you're not completely wrong in what you're doing. Um, but the bitters, dude, you're on your way. You're on your way. You know, uh, I feel like a real adult trying trying to move up from just beer. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've been experimenting and, uh, with wine recently. Oh, yeah? Uh, I'm a wine guy now. Um, I like it dry. <laughs> oh, good. Dry wine is great. It's dry really good. Great. When when I first started the wine journey, I think I was it was three years ago, um, and uh, I started off with this wine that this guy recommended at the store, and it was like basically like grape juice. It was like sweet. It was like not very well-bodied at all um, or balanced whatsoever, not very complex, and I fucking loved it. <laughs> this is my first time really drinking wine. I was like, dang, this is fire. This is like, this is what wine is like. <laughs> and then slowly over time, like, I can't even drink that anymore. It's too, like, <laughs> it's too like juicy and sweet, and it doesn't even taste like wine to me anymore. It's like the wine you would drink in college. Like, did you ever do uh, wine bags? Yes, I have done the wine oh, bag that's the thing. Fucking best. Yeah. See, okay, but if I'm doing the wine bag thing, I I know I know what I'm getting myself into. I mean, you're not drinking like fucking nice wine if you're doing a wine bag, you know. It's like it's fruit punch. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's actually really good bang for your buck too because it's probably like a 14% and it does the job. Does, it does the job very efficiently for <laughs> for your money. 100%. Yeah. All right. Hey, I got I got I got something for you this week. Yeah. I got a great topic for you. Um, I hope that I our wanna, listeners I are. I hope they're very into this topic. It's um, it's a real cool one. I've been thinking about it for a while. I've actually been thinking about it since um, our video game, our our board night, board game night last Thursday. Um, the topic is video game jank. Okay. Now, there's a lot of uh, definitions for this term jank out there, and I want to center in on one in particular, and I believe this is. I what I think a lot of people would agree is probably the the solid uh, academic definition for video game jank. Uh, this actually comes from an article um, on Medium.com by Tyler Wood. Um, it was posted uh, about three years ago, well, December uh, 2018, so um, a little over two years ago. Yeah. Um, and the title of the article is just uh, "Video Game Jank." Um, or I guess this is more of a blog post by this guy from on Medium.com, but it's good stuff. Um, Here's the definition of jank I'm going to give you, Matt, and then we'll run off of it, okay? All right, all right. Video game jank is when a collection of game systems don't interact in a particularly predictable or optimal manner, and the player can intervene 
with or circumvent them in order to continue playing the game in a close to intended manner or more optimally. From the player's perspective, jank is when game systems are suboptimal and can be potentially exploited, fixed, or worked around. Okay, so a lot of people might say jank is like pure glitch stuff, Bethesda games, um, uh, cyberpunk. The, the Cy- first thing I thought of was Fallout New Vegas, or like yeah, yeah, games, little yeah, jank, like a sky, yeah, which, or which, I, yeah, exactly. Or cyberpunk, right? Was like very glitchy and stuff. But I, I wouldn't specifically use the term jank for those by this definition, which I want to start really implementing now. Um, jank to me is kind of like Super Smash Brothers Melee, right? Where yeah certain mechanics that were not intended to be there by the developers um, ended up being in there. Certain oversights of the physics engine, like wave dashing, ended up becoming a mainstay with how the game is actually played. Um, you can find great examples, and this is from the same article. Um, you In early Nintendo games, it was actually common to scroll the screen or reduce the enemy numbers so that there were fewer than eight sprites on a horizontal line, and that would reduce screen flicker um, because the NES oh. could only load so many sprites in on one line of the screen at a time. Yeah, yeah, that makes which sense. Is, yeah. Which is insane. Um, so that is exploiting you know, what would have been a technical issue back in the day to make sure that your game ran a little bit more smoothly. Um, Skyrim, of course, um, every Bethesda game um, has all these exploits in it that people take advantage of. Um, Melee has wave dashing, jump cancel grabbing, L canceling, um, it's stalling, um, it has uh, ice climbers wobbling. I mean, it's got everything in there. And even there's examples in like StarCraft, um, one of like, you know, microing your your characters in certain ways. I'm not too detailed on those, but um, you know, moving your units in a certain way that was not intended by the developer. Right. Um, And I I have an argument. I want to hear what you have to say about this. Um, When it comes to jank or unintentional side effects of the systems in a video game, I think this is where some of the beauty for video games can come from. Um, Because not everything is going to be so insanely intended um, in any art medium. That we, that we consume. But I think with video games, um, it can be especially, um, I guess, especially interesting to see sort of things pop up without intention. And you see it a lot with, you know, basically uh, Melee's entire metagame is all uh, unintentional side effects yeah. of the physics engine and the inputs. And we, it's, that's one of my favorite video games, top three of all time for sure. And the whole thing is built on, quote, jank, unintended side effects of the game design. Um, I think that movies, um, when you're creating a film, when you're taking a photo, when you're creating a song, when you're writing something, or in the in a certain phase of every medium, depending on what the medium is, there will be a degree of spontaneous art, spontaneous something that comes about through the process of making the art. Um, you know, it might be if you're making a short film or you're making a movie. Maybe your layers were not organized correctly in your timeline while you're editing something, or maybe the music was off by a frame or a few seconds, and all of a sudden you, in the editing room, found something that worked a little bit better. You didn't intend to find it, but you found it through experimentation. And that, to me, is a very beautiful part about the creative process. I think video games have this different way of approaching it where the player finds it, the actual consumer of the art might find it, um, and I think that's just a, 
what what Davy Readin might call divine art. Matthew, Daddy Readin, what say you? I mean, I what everyone will always say, right? Is art is open to interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. And video games, in particular, are very much experienced uniquely with each person and everyone because of that because no one will have the exact same playthrough necessarily everyone has their own interpretation on it everyone has their own discoveries on it everyone finds their own jank on it right and it it's i think it's probably one of the most important parts of art is that jank can exist right um Like one example you gave was, you know, like how when you amp up um, like guitar amps and it creates that distortion, right? Or um, like lo-fi music in itself is almost like birthed of jank because it's like intentionally, deliberately making these like kind of imperfections in the audio that they discover through experimenting and testing. And like lo-fi is one of the biggest um, like genres there is today, right? You know, there's Vincent Moon. He's blowing up. Um, <laughs> Shout out <laughs> Vincent, Vincent Moon's blowing up. up. Um, like the lo-fi hip hop radio, like that's going fucking 24 seven with yeah. millions of listeners always on YouTube. Like Joji's basically a lo-fi, like <laughs> kind of like it's taking things over. And, you know, this, the jank in art is what probably creates, you know, the best art and as Davy Readin says divine art and it gives yeah. birth to so many passions. I mean, you mentioned it, but like the whole meta game of smash brothers, melee, uh, maybe not. Yeah. Mainly melee or like project dem. I probably not as much with the newer ones, but with melee and project dem, the whole cores of those games are based off this drink that people found because they loved this art form and they were interpreting it in their own way that they wanted to. Yeah. Would you, and, yeah, it's, that's such a crazy idea. Sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, and it's just the more you think about it, the more incredible it gets. And like, I mean, I think it just all, yeah, it all comes down to the idea of everyone can interpret things their own way. And on one hand, everyone can you know derive their own meaning and in that sense. But in art form, like you know, creating music or like video games, that way you interpret it, interpret something, or that way you choose to engage with something because it's something you engage in. It's not passive art; it's engaging art. You can create jank yeah and then I mean, that jank creates all these different subcultures you know we have a lo-fi music brand new genre we have smash brothers melee which is like insane i mean that's the only reason you and i are even friends i'm yeah. a jank mechanic <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know if we mentioned that but i met lucas at a smash tournament yeah um and like it's incredible and it's the highest form of art yeah it's crazy especially uh, in video games because i mean I, I feel like we've I'm sure we've touched on this before, I bet particularly in like the Davey Reed episodes, but I mean, just in general, video games as art is like just such an important thing to think about. And when you find these moments of jank in these games, I think that's like the highest form of video games really. And the highest form of art is that experience. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I want to bring up a, an example that Davey Reedon actually brings up. Um, and that's, that's why I kind of mentioned him before. For those of you that haven't definitely check out our episode on the Stanley parable. And check out our episode, well, Stanley Parable and the Beginner's Guide, um, both by one of the greatest uh, video game minds currently working today, Davey Reedon. Um, the whole episode of the podcast was basically us talking about how awesome Davey Reedon is and how we want to be his friend. Please talk to us. 
Um, but bro, um, I tweet at all these people. Everyone we, everyone <laughs> uh, we say, let's have them on the podcast. I try, guys. I want you to know that. I've tried David Reedon. I tried Lucas Pope. I've tried Wisecrack several times. <laughs> no oh, one, dude, Lucas Pope. No one Lucas, wants to hang out. Lucas Goat. Yeah, dude. Those guys are. Those guys are. Hopefully, one day we have one of these people on the podcast. Maybe after this episode, talking about divine art. Yeah. Um, I, I bring up Davy Reedon because um, he had a blog post on galacticcafe.com that's in the Internet Archive now. Um, and he talks about a specific glitch that occurred um, during a specific ending of the Stanley Parable. I'm not sure if you remember this one, Matt, but there was an ending to the Stanley Parable called the Baby Game Ending. And it was an ending of the Stanley Parable where basically the player had to push a button for four hours straight every 10 yeah. seconds to prevent yeah. a baby from falling into a fire. And... I, it's it's just such an abs- absurd thing in the game. Uh, Davy Reedon did not expect that anyone would actually do the full baby game challenge four hours of just clicking a button back and forth. But of course, like the internet has, um, the internet has people that will do that shit. So um, somebody did it, and when Davy Reedon saw a playthrough of this, there's supposed to be a message that plays at the very end of this ending that is just a short stanza, um, essentially like a poem that says. Fear me, mortal, I am the essence of divine art. Others but you cannot read this text. Know that when I die, I will personally carry your spirit across the river Blixen into my garden built within the emotions of a flower. There we will live together. We will dance and eat and sin, and you will do improv comedy based on suggestions from me for (laughs) all eternity. This is your reward from your work here today. Now... Live your normal human existence. Await me in the life that follows this one. I love you. Um, now, this, e- this, this ending is great. Um, that's a great piece of text there. Uh, very, very beautifully written, um, probably personally by Davey. And um, it's good stuff. However, in the first iteration, the first release of the Stanley Parable, the text on screen had a glitch in it where a door um from earlier in the game popped up as a black monolith completely unintentional and blocked some of the text making some of that stanza illegible okay so instead it says know that when you die uh, personally carry your spirit across and wind into my garden built within the emotions of a flower so the player couldn't read the full message after four hours of pushing a button every every 10 seconds now davy points out in his blog post the the spontaneous creation of a monolith without intention of the artist is in a sense divine art perhaps um which is what's mentioned in the in the little stanza that he writes here um i i think that's that's just a phenomenal uh, thing i'm glad i live in a world where that sort of situation gets to exist where right like yeah. something spontaneously gets created um and kind of artfully blocks key points of text in in the little thing that we're supposed to be reading. Um, And this is like unintended side effects um, from the developer based on what was developed, right? Um, And of course he fixed it, he patched it out, he he felt like that was unintentional, he didn't want it in there, so he took it out in a later update to the video game. But in the original release of the video game, this is what we got, a lot of people saw this. Um, So, this this is this is by the definition that we mentioned earlier. This is jank. This it's is jank. the emergence of something spontaneously. Video games get to do this. They get to see this. We get to see this very very frequently. 
Um, and I, I, I just find it so fascinating that we, video games are the, a medium where you, you experiment, you, the player get to mess with it, get to break it, get to explore, get to find these monoliths, get to find out what a wave dash is, get to create jump cancel grabs. Um, and you know, there's different, (laughs) exactly. There's different things like, you know, a movie or a novel or, you know, even a poem can be interpreted different ways. But they they themselves cannot be broken down and experimented, broken and rebuilt and all that stuff. But a video game right. can. So what, what you're telling me, <clears throat> what you're telling me, Lucas, is video games are the highest form of art. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's what we're getting at. Video games are the <laughs> highest form of art. Um, everything that humankind has ever done from the caveman paintings in the yeah, cave in France, that's like. 50,000 years old or whatever the hell. Um, I forgot the name of the cave. Go from that cave, okay? <laughs> uh, pyramids. Uh, bo- all the pyramids, not just the all middle, the not just yeah. the ones in Egypt, not the one, just the ones in Egypt, but the one to our um, awesome neighbors over in uh, Mexico. The, the, the Luxor, uh, the, right? Yeah, yeah, the Luxor, the Luxor, <laughs> yeah, Luxor, to the Luxor in Vegas. Yeah, the Luxor in, in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's an achievement. Uh, Chichen Itza, the God, that's the one in Mexico. We, we got The Godfather. Uh, we got, uh, what, what's the greatest book of all time? Uh, we got... To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. We got To Kill a Mockingbird, and Probably bam, not, we, have, we, have, we have video games. Actually, above everything, um, above all that I just mentioned, is actually going to be The Witness, um, the greatest artistic achievement of so you put that outside of video games do you consider that a higher form of is that like a yes. subgenre of video game that's just a higher form or is that not even a video game at that point no no no. the witness by thecla directed by jonathan blow is the greatest achievement of art of artistry in all of human history it's the greatest anything ever that's my take on it it just happens to be a video game. I like, you know, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at things that way now, you know. <laughs> um, when I when I'm playing a video game, someone asks me what I'm doing. I'm not gonna say I'm playing a video game. I'm gonna say I'm engaging in art. It just happens to be a video game. It just happens to be a video game. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So maybe I not when I'm playing I... Valorant, but <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got for video game jank. Uh, spontaneous creation of art, spontaneous creation of um, amazing, cool new things that get created through no intention of the artist. They happen in video games very frequently. I think it's a beautiful thing, um, and I want it to keep happening and keep happening. So uh, if anybody, and that'll be the cool best art, right? Stories. Is anything that the best things in life are probably the things that are unintentional. You know? Yeah, life itself is not intentional matthew it's not i mean what are the odds you and me here right now talking (laughs) what (laughs) all this is the most unlikely thing to ever happen yeah hey yo you uh you reading attack on titan Nah, i haven't i haven't uh caught up on it i'm like three 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 titans behind three chapters behind bro it's insane right now yeah. So light spoilers ahead. This won't spoil anything for you. You're already caught okay. up to where I'm going to mention. This guy on YouTube, I, I apologize. I forget his YouTube username right now. He puts together like this really cool reel that's presented as like World War II or, or World War One historical footage. Uh-huh. And it's just called Attack on Titan historical footage. 
and then it has like that grainy like film aspect and film ratio on it and then it like it shows the rumbling like that old style and it just it just looks real it looks oh shit okay okay i gotta check and like the music behind it i mean you can obviously tell like some of the titans like you can only make it look so real but like it looks very good and I highly recommend you check it out after this. And I highly recommend it to everyone watching. But if you're an Attack on Titan fan, look up Attack on Titan historical footage. It's sick. And Lucas, I wanted to bring something up to you today. Other than that, I just really wanted to bring up Attack on Titan because it's so good right now. <laughs> but All right. today, what do you think happened in Jersey? Oh, uh, they uh, legalized recreational marijuana. That's right, Lucas. The devil's grass. <laughs> no, no, no. It's great. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think uh, that's lower, like 12. Lowers, yeah. That's 12 states now that have it uh, have it legalized, right? Yep. Increases uh, tax revenue, lowers arrests for, obviously, for marijuana, which is a very regular um, result of <laughs> what you think would happen. But it also lowers the usage of opioids which is uh, mm-hmm. a side effect that people didn't realize would happen, but we see those kinds of effects in Colorado. Um, and, uh, man, uh, boom, boom, an industry soon to be really booming. Uh, invest now, ladies and gentlemen. We're, we're long on weed. <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else. Dude, weed stocks uh, were getting memed out last it, week. Yeah, yeah they like were. Like two weeks they ago. Really were. Yeah, I know. Something it's pretty like big. You know, okay, honestly, just uh, we're, we're, uh, can we just say that we're like a pro, you know, podcasts pro recreational marijuana podcast is that too, is that wrong to say these days i don't know if it's wrong or right honestly i think we're on the right side of history saying that okay cool cool um i don't honest, think anyone that would listen to this podcast will disagree with that statement if you're pro i'll put it this way if you're pro personal freedom you are cool with recreational marijuana usage because you're pro personal freedom if you are pro business you are also pro recreational marijuana um if you're liberal as hell, you probably smoke recreational marijuana right now. Probably smoke. Yeah. Um, Maybe right so, now listening to this podcast. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know a lot of people that would be opposed at this point. It just feels like from a business standpoint, I guess it's, uh, you know, very classic American family value standpoint. But even like American family values for the last, you know, 70 years, really, um, is the only people that sh- staunchly still might oppose. Um, like my but, parents. Yeah. <laughs> Like the boomers. That's yeah. I, I, you see where I was getting at. Yeah, love love my parents, but they are boomers. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Orange County. You know, it's um you can imagine what it was like. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's exciting stuff. I mean, it's been a the stock market's been fun pretty last couple of weeks. Do not the past couple of days, but you know, weed stocks are booming. AMC's up today. You know, <laughs> thank God, Bumble AMC's IPO. Up. That's oh, pretty cool. Really? World's first. Uh, I, I, I don't want to misspeak. I don't know if she's the first because I don't want to, you know, put down anyone that might have done it before. But to my knowledge, she's like the first self-made um, woman billionaire. Whitney, not Whitney. Oh, my God. I feel so bad for me. I'm going to Google her name because I want to get proper credit here. Yeah, that's Bumble cool. CEO. Okay, that was right. Whitney Wolford. Um, yeah, like the first female self-made billionaire CEO once, I, once the bubble went public. That's pretty That's incredible. Really, really awesome. Yeah. What's their stock at? Uh, like everything, I'm pretty sure it's down today. <laughs> uh, that just means, that just means it's time to buy more. It's just on sale. 
it's at 65. It 65? debuted. It debuted at around. Um, I think it debuted at 45. Actually, so that's pretty good. Dang, good for Bumble. Yeah. That's good. That's really really great. Yeah, yeah, man. Things are looking up. The stock market's low, so we can buy right now. That's good. Everything, you know? everything's on sale. Um, vaccines are picking up. You know, let's let's uh, let's do a little fun fact, little little quiz, Lucas. How many how many COVID nineteen cases do you think there were today or yesterday? Uh, nationwide or for California? California. Um, there was probably eight thousand. Uh, there were forty nine hundred. That's it? Yeah. That's they, pretty awesome. It's going down significantly. Like a month ago, we were at 31,000 a day. So things are looking up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the up. only thing that's not looking up is um, Daddy Trump. Sugar Daddy Trump got acquitted. That's too oh, bad. yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, you know, everyone look out 2024 when he starts the whatever Patriot Party and <laughs> runs for office again. But we can worry about that. The party, there, I guess. the party that's going to have maybe two or three states and you know 50,000 of the popular vote let's just let's just actually see what it is you know why it's fine because like yeah that might take two or three of the states in the electoral and then i mean like none of those states would have gone blue anyways yeah exactly so it just fucks up the republicans all, all this does is weaken the republican party yeah i the mean GOP. it's a party the, yeah. the the moment that that donald trump kind of came into popularity in 20 you know 15 16 was the moment that the Republicans knew that the party was going to have to go down. I think yeah. it's just a, it's a huge split. I mean, par- political parties die. They go away. It's happened several times in American history. It's happened several times in world history. Um, I mean, and it's just going to happen now. Ch- check this out, Lucas. I mean, we have Ted Cruz, iconic to the GOP. Fled Cruz. Fled Cruz. He escapes at Texas's <laughs> most dire moment. I know. At the crux of their existence. Will he survive? Will he freeze over? Cruz says, I don't know. I'm in Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Sip it on a mojito. (laughs) Now, to his credit, he claimed it was. (laughs) He was chaperoning his daughters and their friends. Right. Which I'm not sure I buy completely. but And even if if that's true. You're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It still doesn't make it any better. It's still fucking dumb in the middle of a pandemic. But I digress. We're not a political podcast, but it's pretty fucking funny. It feels like we're becoming that a little bit. And a a movie podcast. Yeah, a little bit of everything. But yeah, that's pretty hilarious, man. That was the big uh, news line. Uh, Last last week, week, I said, Grandma, did you hear about Ted Cruz? And she just started laughing. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah, I heard about Ted Cruz. He's a I clown. Said, I love man, it. that. So, and then he just keeps doing these photo ops that everybody's calling him out on that are really hilarious. Where I saw today that he had posted that he was cooking up some Texas barbecue for some uh, first responders during the hurricane, and um, there was basically like three people he was making some barbecue for, and he was cutting it with a with a knife. And it's like one of the comments calling him out on Twitter was like, "Dude, sick! You did a photo op." really cool <laughs> like, <laughs> like the bullshit is so see-through these days with these politicians it's like bro i see you i see that that's a photo op i <laughs> there's three photos here there's one car in the parking lot <laughs> i think my favorite things with him are the what like the memes that accuse him of being the zodiac killer oh i haven't seen shit. those 
It's like, we don't know he wasn't, so, yeah. <laughs> that's good. I like that. I like Flood Cruise a lot. That's my favorite. Yeah. That's fun stuff. That's good. <sighs> all right, Lucas. All right, man. That's all. That, honestly, all I had was the video game jank. All the political talk was bonus points. Yeah. I'll be honest, Lucas. I'm glad you brought such a riveting discussion to us today. Thank you. Because um, old, old Matt, old Matthew had a stressful couple of days at work. Had time to, <laughs> yeah. to brainstorm yeah, good topics. But that'll happen. It'll, it'll get better. Yeah. yeah. It'll get better. Um, one thing, one, one last thing I want to talk about in regards to video game jank oh? that I'm remembering. Um, you know, for those of you that are listening to this podcast, if you want to text me, write in, email us, you can do that. Thanks for playing pod at gmail.com. Tell us your best video game jank stories. Did you play some obscure video game on the Nintendo GameCube or PS1 that had some sort of exploit that you beat your friend at because of? I want to hear about it. I want to hear all about how the jank, the exploits have created divine, spontaneous experiences for you as a gamer and how the developer did not intend those things. That's I all I got. That. Beautiful. All right, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, anything's possible.